With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Early Bird Podcast for Monday's slate of baseball action. Of course, I am joined by Terry McBride. I am Jason Foyd, and we are sponsored by Yahoo Terry is always uh, great to uh, be here on a, a Sunday late afternoon talking about the Monday slate of MLB action. But before we get into Monday slate, let's let's kind of talk about this weekend in baseball. To me, my biggest takeaway, I got to go back to Saturday, the Detroit Tigers getting four home runs in their first five at bats. And like, here is my question after they go up for nothing and they make the mound visit Derek Holland, what do they say to him? Probably something along the lines of, well, we can start the game now. It doesn't get much worse from here. You know, we're going to leave you in. Uh, <laughs> keep on keep on going at it, Slugger. Uh, yeah, that doesn't get much bumpier than that. I mean, that is just ugly, ugly. And, uh, you know, he's a pitcher we've talked a few times about targeting with some bats. And uh, it, it definitely paid off for the people who got to those Tigers bats the other day. That's for sure. In terms of, uh, you know, a big takeaway for you from what you've seen this weekend, what, what sticks out to you? Well, like we talked about before the show, you know, we had another game where uh, we saw the Royals bats come through a little bit. So they were up at the top of GPP standings again, uh, frustrating a little bit because I keep not quite getting to them. They keep looking all right. And then, you know, I just don't pull the trigger on them. So wasn't there enough. But uh, what really sunk me today and uh, it's it's been a down couple of days for me. So I got to fight back from a little bit of a slump here, but uh, really got on board with the Yanks today. Uh, you know, I really liked how they were profiling against Morton. Uh, just not convinced he's the pitcher that we've seen the last few years. Still has uh, lost like two miles off his uh, velocity. Just didn't look like he really had it going today. Thought the Yanks were going to get him. They didn't come through with the bases loaded early. They got one RBI. Uh, Mike Ford got hit in the elbow, but didn't come through with that big knock. A couple other times left some runners on base. So my big share of the Yankees, even though uh, we saw Charlie Morton come out of the game early, just didn't work out for me today. So it just goes to show, you know, it's not always about chasing those home runs. They look great in my power model, even against Charlie. Not always about chasing that one big spot. Sometimes you just have to spread out and you know, cast a broad net and uh, try and try and scoop up some of the uh, larger share of results. Yeah, here on Sunday, I, I did okay in terms of the pitching. Um, did not have James Paxson, who, who scored 47 points on, on FanDuel, yeah. or uh, did not have Christian Yelich. My, my bats, I, I did not make the right calls in, in several of my lineups on FanDuel in terms of uh, the bats, man, it, it's going to happen. You know, it's, uh, you know, you just kind of, you know, on, on to the next one, I guess is about the best way to say it. That's it. We just keep grinding, and uh, all it takes is that one to turn your whole uh, day, year, month, whatever it is around, so. Just keep on chasing it. Of course, as I mentioned, we are sponsored by Yahoo. Today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV Upload 
and CSV edit features for those looking to play multiple lineups. Claim up to $30 in Yahoo Sports Reward points by signing up and using the promo code AWESOMO. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Once again, Mitch, that you got to use that promo code Awesome. But, uh, you know, initially, Terry, this was going to be an 11 game slate on Monday. As we sit here on late Sunday afternoon, it is now a 10 game slate as MLB has confirmed that the matchup between the Cardinals and the Pirates is postponed due to coronavirus. The Pirates did not take their flight to St. Louis on Sunday. Unknown at this time whether or not that series is going to take place. The Cardinals now have not played since July the 29th, so that's kind of becoming an evolving story. But uh, a 10-game total slate, uh, if you're going to play on FanDuel, you can play that early game, but the main slate on, on both sides on DK and FanDuel at 7-10. We'll briefly talk about that first game of Atlanta and Philadelphia. Nola going for uh, the Phillies and Newcomb going for the Braves. Yeah, I like the spot, I think, for Nola. You know, Braves are a lineup that we like, that we like to get to, but we know Nola's a high-end pitcher. He's an ace-caliber pitcher, so uh, reliably a 27% strikeout guy. We know those Braves have been striking out quite a bit this year, so uh, I think it could be a good spot for him. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's 12 strikeouts his last time out. Uh, his walks are down a uh, very limited sample size, but only down 2.4% this year, so if he's able to control that, he could put up a monster start here against uh, some swing-and-miss Braves. Newcomb on the other side, pitching more like an opener. Not really a guy I trust. Uh, only got hasn't gotten through five uh, into the fifth rather uh, so far this year. His walks have come down from 11.4 percent on his career down to seven-ish percent, but his strikeouts have also collapsed from 22 to 15 in again very very small sample size. So not a pitcher I trust. Maybe a guy to attack with some of those uh, righty bats from the Phillies. Yeah, I tell you, I mean, obviously this is not a, a doubleheader situation, but that's actually something I'm really paying attention to as we go on throughout the season. When we're talking about these seven-inning doubleheaders, I know Emac uh, was talking about it uh, on Sunday morning on the strategy show where if you got a guy that you think can go all seven innings – and they want to save the bullpen for game two of that doubleheader, that's got to be something we have to be looking at as we move forward in the season. For sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And really, that's where we can pick up an advantage, and that's probably the only thing that makes sense to really look at in those uh, in those games. You know, I, I wrote up the Phillies a little bit last night just because the spot looks so juicy against Yanoa uh, going in the first game today, even though it was seven innings. But I put a big disclaimer on it saying, hey, be aware, this is a seven-inning game. This is not a recommended play. I'm just saying some of these bats looked all right. Um, and, and that's going to be continue to be how I look at any kind of offense in those games is, you know, you're really limiting your sample. You really only want to play the top end of a lineup. But yeah, you might see some of these pitchers pick up a complete game shutout in some of those, uh, you know, short seven inning stints where they want to save the bullpen for the back end. So big time ace in a game like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they were pointing out the fact of, you know, you're thinking, okay, you get three at-bats, but what happens if you have a someone, and, and you write about this every day, about who you think has the best chance to home run? What if that home run hitter walks in his first two at-bats? Now you're down to that last at-bat, hoping right. he can connect with the long ball. Right, yeah, you're really trimming your opportunities down, and, uh, you know, as you do the math over the course of the season – the guys at the higher end of the lineup are getting more of those plate appearances, but you don't know for sure where those you know cut plate appearances are going to come from. The game could cut off at the bottom of the lineup where you would have seen one more plate appearance from the guys at the top had it gone on those extra two innings. So you're definitely taking a big risk if you roll bats in one of those games. Uh, next up, uh, we have a, a game between the Nats and the Mets. Uh, the Corbin going for the Nats and going for the Mets will be Mott's. 
Yeah, really like Corbin uh, against most teams. You know, this is a strong spot for him. He's a lefty ace caliber pitcher. Uh, he's a 23.6% strikeout, 7% walk for his career. He's got that up to 34 uh, and 2.1% walk so far in 2020. Dominant. Uh, he's been eight strikeouts uh, both of his two starts. So, again, limited, limited sample size for 2020. But it's a guy we've seen prove it over and over again. Big price tag on FanDuel up at 10-8, but I think he's worth it here. Uh, you know, a lot of strikeouts available in that Mets lineup. A lot of guys in the middle 20s of strikeouts. Uh, you get Nimmo up at the top as a lefty-lefty, 27% strikeout. And he's going to have an opportunity lefty-lefty against a lot of these important Mets bats in this lineup too. So I like the spot a lot for Corbin. Yeah. Mets. I, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, no. No, I was just going to say, I went with the, the Nats uh, stack today, and unfortunately the game was postponed uh, at the top of the sixth inning. Oh, I didn't even see that. I didn't realize that was postponed. I like that stack a lot today. I wrote them up in my uh, my uh, more popular stacks, uh, you know, the less angled ones last night, and I really liked the spot today. I didn't see that it had gotten postponed. I'm a little behind on the scores just trying to catch up with uh, getting stuff for tomorrow, but uh, – yeah, in this spot for, you know, I think we can attack some uh, some Nationals bats again tomorrow. You know, the uh, the numbers on Steven Matz don't look great. He's uh, over 104 career starts. He's only 22% strikeout, 7% walk. So he's around a league average kind of a pitcher when he's on. Um, he's, you know, six, sinker fastball combo. Not a lot of spin. Uh, he's limited. He's a 33rd percentile in spin rate on both of those pitches for the league. So doesn't get generate a ton of spin and swing and miss. Not one of my favorite guys here. Every now and then you get a good start out of them, but I like some of these uh, righty platoon specialists that the Nats have and then some of their more you know, power or high-end bats to come through for us here. Is there a favorite bat that uh, intrigued you as we do the show? You know, I really – well, I hadn't thought it through actually all the way before I started to answer that because Juan Soto's in a lefty-lefty. I don't really care about that with a, cal- a bat of his caliber, and I've got him up over 10 for the home run model. So I'll say Juan Soto. Uh, he's at 4-1 on FanDuel. In a lefty-lefty, I'd like to get that a touch cheaper, but with the rest of the discount in this stack, if you're going that way, the price really doesn't matter on him. And he is a superstar of uh, you know of a kid. So I'll go Juan Soto there, despite the lefty-lefty. Yeah, I mean, as I just – because I have the box score up from today's game, and uh, you know he did have a double in his first at-bat. You, you, the, the stat that sticks out to me is Trey Turner only batting 196 on the year. 196 on the year, and uh, but we're only talking how many plate appearances. I hadn't updated this. I had him at 38, so we're probably like 45-ish plate appearances. So it's a guy that we trust, right? You know, we know who Trey Turner is. We know he's going to be a guy with around a 200 ISO. We know he's going to be a guy who's going to swipe a bunch of bases for us. In a regular season, he'd be up around 30 stolen bases, somewhere around there. Decent amount of home runs. So he's, he's around like a 20-30 guy. You know, he's a, reliably a 15-30 guy. So I trust Trey Turner. And uh, leading off at the top of this offense, a guy who can both get it done for a point total on his own or set the table for the guys behind him, he's a guy I'm always building in here. No doubt about it. Then we got the uh, White Sox against the Tigers. Uh, Dallas Keuchel going for the White Sox 2-1 with a 2.55 ERA. And Michael Fulmer going for the Tigers 0-0 with a 13.5 ERA. I made a note for myself to not say anything bad about Dallas Keuchel because when I do, he apparently goes out and strikes out eight hitters and totally defies what I said. 
Uh, Keuchel's a ground ball specialist. Uh, nothing more. You know, last game was it was an outlier for strikeouts. He'll do that every now and again, um, but that's not what we can expect from this guy. Even against a lineup that strikes out a fair amount like the Tigers, what we can expect for him is to probably neutralize those righty bats, that righty power. He just generates so many ground balls that uh, what I don't want to do here is take Tigers bats against him, even with the righty lefty, the Tigers thing. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to target too much of any part of this game, uh, really, other than maybe the White Sox bats against Fulmer. Fulmer's coming off of a couple of years away from the game after uh, some surgery. He pitched, uh, I think it was less than three, yeah, two and a, two and two thirds innings uh, two weeks ago in his debut for the season. In his 76 games before he went down, he was kind of a league averages pitcher. Decent stuff, had some upside back then, but we're not sure where that is today after you know the major surgery. Um, so he's not a guy I trust by any means yet. I think you can attack him with some of these big bats in the uh, White Sox lineup. Everybody's heard me talk these White Sox up a lot this year, so we know there's a lot of quality here. This is a team I like to get to. I, I but hearing you talk there makes me think of the uh, the stack word might be uh, in your vocabulary with the White Sox tomorrow. I think so. I think this is a spot we're going to get to uh, quite frequently tomorrow. I've got. Top five hitters in the lineup, and this is a projected lineup that has Louis Robert hitting sixth while I'm talking about this. So the top five guys, uh, all projected well over 10 in my home run model, uh, all well into the uh, green in my conditional formatting here. Some good pricing, too. I mean, uh, just looking at FanDuel pricing, I don't have DK up, but uh, Yasmani Grandal, only 2800 Edwin Encarnacion, if he's in the lineup, 2600 Nomar Mazzara is a uh, sneaky lefty bat from late in the lineup, 2500 to get weird with things, so... A lot of quality pricing, a lot of quality bats in that in that White Sox lineup. Uh, then we got the Rays and the Red Sox. Ryan Yarbo going for the Rays. He's 0-2 with a 3.78 ERA. As we do this show, Boston's not officially announced their starter. And uh, a little note here on, on Ryan Yarborough. Uh, of course, uh, he gave up five rounds, five runs over five innings uh, last time against the Red Sox, and he's the only Rays pitcher to pitch at least five innings in each of his outings. Yeah, which is interesting for Yarbs, right? You would think that that wouldn't necessarily be the case for a guy who's been the bullpen guy and opener in various roles in his career. But uh, yeah, you like to see the length out of him, so that's good. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more from him. You know, he's only 19.6% strikeouts in his career as a starter. But he's a guy who can probably pump that up if he's going to be reliably starting, getting those full uh, full deployments, getting around six innings. Um, so I don't hate the spot, only 6,900, but there's a ton of quality against him in that Red Sox lineup. Um, you know, I, I don't love going up against the Xander Bogarts or J.D. Martinez, even though J.D.'s been down so far this year. Uh, there's a couple lefty bats in that lineup that he could – potentially work through but uh, it depends on what they throw up there it's not a lineup i usually like to attack with any pitchers i don't know that i'm going to do it with yards except for maybe some limited deployments if i want to pay up for bats somewhere and i need somebody to do it with not the greatest projection in the world on them on the red sox side i have colton brewer as an opener but i'm not sure if that's going to be accurate or not like you said they haven't they haven't announced anything official so uh definitely not somebody i'm looking at um 27.6% strikeout, 10% walk in uh, five relief innings this year is the only note I really have on him. But I don't look to openers to start. Maybe we can attack that Red Sox bullpen with some of these raised bats and get a little sneaky with things. Uh, you know, a couple of the lefties, they've got Austin Meadows back in that lineup now. Really, really like him. Uh, power and speed uh, in that bat. So get him in there, work to a G-man choice, something with the top of the lineup as a little bit of a stack. I don't hate that. And again, there's a lot of quality, a lot of low pricing on FanDuel there. So you can get to something sneaky and uh, very curious to see how that pops up in uh, Alex's top stacks tomorrow, actually. 
In terms of the Red Sox bats, um, you know, obviously you're, you're you're the guy to go to when we're talking about home run projection. You you've got your your grid there. Who's on the Red Sox that uh, you you favor there? So I mean, we've always got JD is going to be pulling a big number. Uh, this doesn't eat up a lot of 2020 information, so I don't want to hear about anybody <laughs> power outage in 2020 yet. He is a guy that I was worried a little bit about a decline coming into this year, though. So I mean. This isn't necessarily a sign of that yet, but for future J.D. Martinez, for the Red Sox in general, I'd be starting to get a little concerned about a power outage uh, you know, going forward overall for him. But in tomorrow's model, he's at 7.68. It's not the greatest home run mark. It's around average, uh, but he is the highest on the Red Sox tomorrow. So the power is not really showing through a ton in the model. Uh, but we know it is there, and we know there's a ton of quality, you know, line drive type hitters. Uh, Rafael Devers led the league in doubles last year. He's not going to be afraid of a lefty lefty against Ryan Yarbrough. He's got the second highest home run number on the on the model here at six eight one. So ton of quality there. Uh, again, just not a lineup I love to attack by any means with a pitcher. I'll have some Red Sox stacks, I think. Then we move on to the Minnesota Twins playing up in Milwaukee against the Brewers. Randy Dobnak, who is two and one with a .60 ERA, eight Ks uh, on the hill for the Twins. Going for the Pirate, excuse me, going for the Brewers will be Adrian Hauser, one and zero with a .75 ERA. Coming off uh, seven scoreless innings versus the White Sox, he's the first Brewers pitcher this year to pitch seven complete frames. Over on Dobnik's side, uh, he's only allowed one run in 15 innings in 2020. Yeah, Randy Dobnak, just give him the Cy Young. <laughs> he's uh, he's been pitching well. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a surprise. I'm not sure if it's real. Uh, probably doing it with a little bit of smoke and mirrors. He's only struck out eight hitters in that same 15 innings. Uh, not a guy who's going to give you the strikeout very much at all. Six two four projected uh, K per nine from Steamer. Four seven six projected FIP. Not a guy I trust yet. He's 7K on FanDuel. Um, there are strikeouts available in this Brewers lineup, as we know. So he's fine. He's a guy you can roll out there. I don't get the best projection in the world. I suspect I have to fix his innings again. Um, so we'll see where he comes in. But I expect him to be high teens, low 20s type of projection for me in uh, FanDuel fantasy points. So not a guy I'm really in love with tomorrow. Hauser I do like a little bit better, although the Twins' top of the lineup limits the strikeout potential. Uh, so there's a lot of backloaded Ks in this lineup um, that you can get to outside of Luis Arias. So I think he could put up an okay start here, but I'm concerned about the top end of that lineup. Only 8000 on FanDuel, though not a big price on an arm like that. I can get to some Hauser here. Um, it is The one thing I am concerned about with him is uh, 92 innings as a starter for his career. He's allowed 13 home runs, which translates to a one two six home run per nine. It's not an outrageous number, but you'd like to see that lower from a full-time starter. Uh, 23.9% strikeout rate. So, you know, solid strikeout guy, uh, you know, uh, guy you can definitely get to, uh, but I'll probably have some bats from both of these teams too. There are teams that I like to roster, uh, made the mistake of not getting to the brewers enough today and it uh, cost me. So, uh, you know, we know there's quality here. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I feel like the twins are always a lineup I'm looking at as stacking, especially that top that lineup. For sure. I mean, we saw them set a record in, in team home runs last year. Uh, as of, I think it was last night that I checked the pace. They were fourth so far this year in uh, team home runs. So they're right there again. They're just mashers in this lineup. There's seven guys. No, I'm sorry. Six guys in the uh, out of the nine are all projected well over 200 for uh, ISO from Steamer for the season. The other guys are in the 160s, 170s. So just 
guys who know how to drive the ball up and down this lineup. Nelson Cruz pulling the highest home run mark. Uh, no, no big surprise there. My model always loves Kepler, especially against a righty. So I've got a lot, a lot for him. Sano, another bomber in this lineup. So ton, a ton of quality. Uh, I like sneaky Marlon, Marwin Gonzalez while he's starting for Donaldson mm-hmm. late in this lineup. He's a guy we know can hit the ball. Uh, he can, hits from both sides of the plate. Not expensive and has not been getting a lot of attention. So guy I like to work into some stacks. Of course, if you're listening to this show on YouTube, be sure to hit that thumbs up button. If you're not subscribed to Osmo here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Let you know when a new video has been posted on Osmo's YouTube channel. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to MLB's uh, our MLB coverage here on Osmo on your favorite podcasting platform. Of course, we all know baseball is back. And get access to all the great Osmo Plus tools and content for MLB DFS with a Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass for $15.95. This includes full access to Osmo's leading player projections, ownership projections, and the all-new Top Pitchers tool and more. Get your pass today. It's a... can't recommend it. I, I use it every day. Got look at Alex's projections, ownership projections, top stack tool. So many great tools you gotta check over there at awesome.com. Of course, you gotta check out Terry's articles as well. You gotta check those out every day. Well, later on the show, uh, Terry will get into what you can expect to see from him coming up on Monday. But uh Terry, let's move along. We've got the D backs and the Rockies in Coors Field. Uh, Robbie Ray going for the D-backs. He's 1-2 and two with a 9.45 ERA with 17 Ks. He did get the win his last time out, but he did allow six runs in five innings against the Astros. And John Gray, 0-1, 3.31 ERA, 7 Ks on the year. And uh, a little note here uh, that I found is that uh, while he's got a 694 home winning percentage uh, as a Rockies pitcher, in his, but his last five home starts against the D-backs, he's 0-2 with a 6.08 ERA. Hmm. Interesting. That was five starts? Yeah. Five home starts? All right. It's not a, not a totally insignificant sample. That's, a, that's interesting. This lineup might be able to get to him a little bit. But, I mean, it's Coors Field. We know. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Weird things happen there. We know big totals happen there. So, I mean, that could just be a course field thing. Um, I actually had noted, and I, I made note of this uh, the last time I talked about Johnny Gray. He does, for his career, have a 3-4-4 home XFIP, which is pretty darn good you know, for course field. That's a guy who the numbers show through that he can pitch at course field. You take some of the home runs. You take some of the luck out of there. He, he's a guy who knows how to do it. Uh, 23.5% strikeout rate, only 6.5% walk for uh, his home starts for his career. So guy who knows how to pitch there, but it's just not a spot I love to get to very often. Only 6,500 on FanDuel. You can do it. Um, he lets you. He unlocks a ton of different bat combinations. But uh, if you get that cheap this year on FanDuel with the pricing the way it is, you're just basically leaving money on the table. And now you're doing it for no real reason. You're just starting. Now you're stuck just having John Gray and a lot of money on the table. So when it's for a reason or when it's you know just happenstance, then fine. But I don't know that Johnny Gray is a pitcher I want to do that here with. Uh, similar story with Robbie Ray. 
you know, you just describe Ray's last game, and it seems like that's his game log every game. Is uh, <laughs> he did this, but and they did this, but and it's just he's all over the place. You know, if you could ever really harness it, this would be a hell of a pitcher. But he's just too wild. Uh, you know, he's a uh, he's a guy we've seen. 377 XFIP over the last two years, which is very solid, but a 155 home run per nine in 2019, a 138 home run per nine in 2018. So a guy who gives up the long ball, he struck out 31% of all hitters over those three years, but he's walked 10.5%. So he gives up the long ball and he puts guys on base. So he's always giving up those shots with opportunity. In Coors Field, it's just a pitcher we can't roster here. Obviously, the Rockies stack at Coors is always something we're always going to be looking at. Uh, as you have, have got into your prep for this one, is there a particular part of the Rockies lineup that people should be paying attention to? You know, you can go pretty much one through at least eight with what they're rolling out there. I've got Tony Wolters in the projected at nine uh, in a lefty-lefty, so I don't know if I love nine there. <laughs> one through eight you can pretty much go to here. Uh, I don't love David Dahl. I, I did a little bit of digging and poking at the Rockies lineup while they were on the road a couple times over the weekend against lefties. Um, I don't love Dahl in a lefty-lefty, and I think they should do different things with this lineup. But if he's there, you can certainly play him. He, he's he's fine against the lefty. He's just not good against the lefty. Ryan McMahon is interesting lefty-lefty. He actually gets better splits lefty-lefty. Uh, so he's a guy that you can roll out there and be pretty sneaky with. Even though it's a Coors game, the ownership will probably be up, but he might not be one of the higher-owned hitters in this lineup, and we know there's quality in that bat. Uh, Danny Murphy's another lefty that I have no fear of rolling out against a lefty pitcher, so maybe look at some of those interesting left-handers. And then you've got guys like Matt Kemp, uh, who still can get it done against the lefty as a uh, big righty bat, uh, tremendous WRC plus uh, for his split. And then the obvious names like Arenado, Trevor Story, uh, and Charlie Blackman up at the top. So really, this is a lineup I want a lot of different pieces of if I'm going to Coors, and I make most of my Coors decisions based on what the ownership in the top stacks look like. Then we got a matchup of two teams in the AL West, the Mariners and the Rangers down in Arlington. Uh, Justin Dunn, the prospect for the Mariners on the hill. He is 0-1 with a 6.43 ERA, 6 Ks, going up against Kyle Gibson, who is 0-1 with a 2.45 ERA. In his career, in his 10 career starts against the Mariners, Gibson is 4-3 with a 3.64 ERA and a 1.43 whip. Uh, now, he only made one start uh, against them last season when he was pitching for the Twins. Yeah, so I like Gibby here. Uh, I think Gibson could put up a really nice start against these Mariners. Uh, nothing to really be afraid of. There's a couple lefties in the lineup, Kyle Seager, Danny Vogelbach. But you know, outside of the solo shot, we're not really worried about those guys unless Gibson's all over the place putting guys on, which I don't expect him to be. Uh, very strong 2019 uh, 380 XFIP to his uh, 484 ERA. So we see that he had a lot of issues with uh, giving up uh, – you know, uh, a lot of issues related to defense and luck there. He was a better pitcher than his ERA showed. Mid to uh, you know, high 20s, uh, 28.3 strikeouts to uh, 10% walk uh, so far in only 11 innings in 2020. Uh, he's got his sinker and his slider combination working pretty well. Over his career, he's more league average low 20s, so it's nice to see the strikeout rate come up. Hopefully he can sustain that, get a little bit more Ks. Against this lineup, I think it's a really good spot to do it. There's just a ton, a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. Uh, so I really like the spot for Gibson. He's uh, projecting pretty well for me. 8700 not a bad price on him, so I'll be going there a lot. 
Uh, I'm curious to see Justin Dunn just real life start wise in this one. I don't think it's really a DFS, DFS spot. He's only 5,600 on FanDuel, but he's only gotten uh, four innings in one start, three innings in another. High-end prospect for him. I think he was their eighth or ninth uh, overall prospect. So kid they want to bring along with kid gloves and uh, you know really take care of. Uh, his mid-20s ca- uh, career strikeout percentage for his minor leagues. Not a ton of action so far down there even. So like I said, really want to bring him along gently. Um, kind of a test spot for him. A lot of big lefty bats here we know. Uh, even you know, Shin Su Chu leading off. Quality hit to a quality on base guy. The tremendous bat of Joey Gallo in the middle of this order. Uh, big opportunity to home run for Joey tomorrow. I've got him all the way up to almost 15 on my home run model there. So big, big spot for him. Uh, so maybe you get to some of those bats, a Willie Calhoun against him. Uh, so probably more apt to uh, roster Rangers bats than I am uh, Justin Dunn tomorrow here. Then we got the Giants and the Astros as we do this show. Uh, the Giants have not officially announced who's going to go for them. The Astros are going to go with Lance McCullers, who's 1-1 one one with a 9.22 ERA, 11 Ks. He is coming off a bad outing in his last one. Uh, what's your take on this one? My take on this one is uh, nobody's probably going to open their uh, close a roof on him uh, midway through his start this time out, so he should be all right. <laughs> That's uh what happened to him? I think it was the fourth inning. Uh, they opened the roof in Arizona, and uh, that was it. Just turned into a nine-run fourth inning on him. I think it was. So uh, just got lit up there, and uh, he blamed that. I don't know how real that is, but uh, he's a pitcher I trust. Uh, you know, he was kind of cruising along there, but uh, he's twenty-six point three percent strikeout, nine point four percent walk for his career. So you'd like to see that come down. Uh, that's over 80, 83 games started, so it's a good sample. We know who McCullers is, uh, even coming off of uh, you know a little time away. Thirty uh, percent strikeout versus lefty bats. So I think he can get through, uh, you know, even some of the uh, any of the lefties that the Giants throw at him. Not that there's many quality bats in this lineup at all. Um, so I think he could put up a decent start here for us. I had Logan Webb going on the Giants side. Um, not anybody I'm really overly interested in. Low 20 strikeout rate, uh, 18% uh, so far in 2020 uh, over his 12 and two-thirds innings. So not much to see here. Uh, he was a 60% ground ball rate in the minors kind of a guy, and he's got a lot of uh, he's a fa- sinking fastball, sinking changeup, and a curveball, uh, like a big biting curve that induces some ground balls. So we might see him keep some of these Astros bats in check, keeping the gr- ball on the ground if he's able to go uh, you know, any kind of distance here. But he's not a pitcher I want to roster at all. Got to say, a couple years ago, I was at a D backs game and we were because we were out there playing the Cardinals. And I remember we're, we're like standing in the outfield, me and a couple buddies I work with, and, and we're just, you know, you know, having a few, you know, a few cocktails. Of course. course. <laughs> you had a baseball game, you're on the road. Yeah. Baseball. Too. And I remember like we walked to go get a beer and come back, and all of a sudden it's open, the, the sides are open. I'm like, where the hell did this happen? <laughs> And could you feel the change in the environment, the humidity? I was oh, yeah. that immediate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's at Arizona. Yeah. Heat. yeah. So it makes sense. I mean, when you think about park factors and what we care about with, you know, air density it's, and things like that, that a change could, you know, could have an impact. Tough it, to quantify. The, the <laughs> Easy is, for a pitcher to blame it on. Like the thing that's crazy to me is coming from a football world is like when you're in these stadiums that it's got an open roof, it's, that decision is it once you hit the ninety minute mark before the game starts, there is no if the roofs close all of a sudden. Hey, it's halftime. Let's open this thing up. No, it is closed the entire game. Right, right, and so so weird to leave it up to the team and have it be arbitrary that they can do it through the game. I mean, presumably if they could do it quickly enough, they would do it batter by batter if they if they I, wanted I, to. Like I would think that if I was a a team, you know, in the NL West, like that'd be something I'm petitioning for every year of 
nine minutes before the game starts, the decision's made. It's either open or it's not. Right. Absolutely. Especially in a park like that where, you know, take the, take the roof out of it. If it was an open air stadium, there would be significant park factories in that park. So, I mean, yeah, that, that makes a big difference. I couldn't imagine having an open air stadium in, in Phoenix. No, <laughs> going to a game out there, sitting, baking in the sun. Oh, I remember no walking to it. I was like, good Lord, it's hot. <laughs> I've never understood that when people say, oh, it's a dry heat. You know, I'm from up here in Jersey and we get the humidity and everything. And that's miserable. Don't get well, me wrong. But it, so is dry heat. Dry heat is all equally miserable to me. <laughs> it's like when I hear people in Tampa go, we need an open air baseball stadium. No, we do not. So everybody can take a free shower every afternoon. I go, I go, do you sit outside? Like, I go, could you imagine if they play an afternoon game in this heat? Like, <laughs> no, if, if a stadium ever gets built here, it's got to be a retractable roof. Absolutely. You can, Absolutely. You can, that, got, <laughs> that got shot down, right? The one with the big sail that was going to be a retractable roof. And it everything never, else. well, there was one, this was back 2000. 2008, it was like right as they were making their run, it just never made it to the ballot. And then basically this new stadium idea, it's who's going to pay for it. Yeah. You know, and I think we all know the likelihood of how it's going to get paid. Um, yeah, that that was when they when they did that whole announcement, this whole thing. And then like the first question is like, so how are you paying for it? Oh, we're not <laughs> sure about that. Hold on. You did all this work and you have no idea how it's going to get paid? <laughs> Well, that's when they turn and they look at the at the public and they say, well, we thought you were going to pay for it. <laughs> we, we, look, look, it's, we all knew what they meant. Yeah. <laughs> we all knew what they meant. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A little it's, easier to pull off in a town where people actually care about the team, though. That's the one problem, you know. You've got the loyalists but, like you down there. But, but here's tough, the thing. Tough, Their tough. television ratings have always been through the roof. Is that right? Yeah. They do it, unbelievable. So is it just people not wanting to get out and go to the ballpark? What do we think? Is, I, they... I think that's part of it. I mean, huh. I, I just, it, it's, you know, they, they've tried different promotions to get, you know, fans in the building. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like when I've gone to the games, I just, to me, it, the environment's awful. Yeah. It's just a dead environment. Yeah. Let's well, it's not a pretty ballpark. It doesn't seem lively or anything so like that that tracks with what you're saying you know? yeah so, i mean look yeah. it's the product's good on the field i mean a fact when you talk about a team that they're not spending you know like other teams are i mean you just like you know as a race fan there just becomes a point where okay that guy's gonna become too expensive like right. there's gonna come a point where blake snell's going to be too expensive and he'll probably be pitching for your yankees <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just it, it, it's it's a reality of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's got to be tough as a, as a smaller market fan, you know, watching that I, happen and and knowing you've got a seven year term on some of these guys as they develop into stars. I, that's that's got to be tough. But I remember like a year ago, me and my buddy are at the game, and he looks at me and goes, "What jersey should I get?" And I just started looking around, going, "Okay, who's going to be around for a couple years?" <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just yeah. that's the life of a race fan. That's yeah. about the best way to put it. But yeah, they TV wise, their their ratings are unreal. Um, I think, and I that's think their good. TV that's deal. Good at least, then. Well, I think their their regional TV deals up here pretty soon, and so that's yeah. going to be where they're going to make some money. So yeah, we'll see. Well, that, that'd be good. Maybe they can yeah, inject some cash, like kind of you know, not to the degree I'm sure that the Rangers did, but something like that. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Be nice to see, because uh, like you said, I mean, they're so competitive without money. 
it would be great to see what they could do if they could spend a little bit. Well, I mean, just think about it. I mean, it's you, you look at these smaller market teams, you got to be able to develop your farm system. I mean, look at look at the A's. You know, yeah. I think is another example. That's the team we're going to talk about is going to take on the Angels. I mean, it's probably unfortunate. This is a team that might make a deep run this year, and their fans are not going to be able to be able to stay and enjoy it. Uh, you know, taking on the Angel here, Julio Tehran going for the Angels 0-1 with a 6.75 ERA. Sean Manana going for the A's 0-2 with an 8.03 ERA with 12 Ks. Yeah, Manana, you know, he's been a little bit unlucky this year, I think. Uh, he's he's a good pitcher overall. He limits the home runs in his career to left-handed hitters. Uh, it was .66 home runs per nine to lefties. One two six to right-handers over his career. Uh, but uh, it seems like uh, just looking at the notes on MLB.com, they said his stuff wasn't really playing a uh, second time through the order. So it seems like he's having a little bit of an issue there. Um, but 12 in the third inning so far, he's got a 3.18 xFIP to his 8.03 ERA. So it suggests that, uh, you know, he's got victimized a little bit by the uh, by the long ball, a little bit by uh, some luck and some defense factors there. Uh, his grounders and his soft contact are both up so far in 2020, which is what we want to see from this pitcher. So there's a lot of good indicators on him. Uh, he's got the 375 batting average on balls in play against, which is playing up a lot of the numbers against him here. Uh, he's uh, walked only 1.8% of hitters. So it's really the Babbitt that's got his whip up a little bit this year so far. He's had some guys on base when he's given up some of those hits. So he's been a little bit unfortunate. I think there's some quality here. Mm-hmm. I think he's a pitcher we can trust. I don't love it against some of the right-handed quality in this Angels lineup, mm-hmm. but it's a spot I think we can get away with at 6,400. 6, I've got a good projection on, on FanDuel. He strikes out just enough hitters, and there's just enough strikeouts in this lineup that I think we can get through with it. It's not a play I'm going to go wild with, but it's a play I'll make. Um, Julio Terran is a guy I'm going to target with bats on the other side. Uh, and that's really all I have to say about him. I'm going to Forrest Gump on that one. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, it's... If you want to know something else about him, he's a 1.36 home runs per nine for his career to uh, left-handed hitters, and he only strikes him out 17% of the time. Let's go, Matt Olson. I think that'll be my home run pick tomorrow. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing that article tomorrow on Osmo.com. The final game, we got the Padres taking on the Dodgers. Garrett Richards going for the pods. He's 0-1 with a 4.60 ERA. Uh, he has a 2.55 ERA in his seven outings against the Dodgers. And going for the Dodgers, you got Dustin May 1-0 with a 2.63 ERA and 15 Ks. So that was a two-something ERA in seven outings against the Dodgers, uh, probably five of which came five years ago. <laughs> so it's, that's the one thing with Richard's numbers as we look through some of these, you know, his most recent time out against this guy. Yeah, well, that was in 2013. Um, so these teams are very different uh, over time. Uh, Richard, it's great to see him back on the hill um, just making starts. I, I don't really care if he's good, bad, or in between. Uh, it's just nice to see the guy get out there again. Um, 76 innings pitched in uh, 2018. He was around a 27% strikeout rate, which was his career high. Uh, this year so far, he's 25%. So maybe there's a little bit something real there. Uh, maybe he's just changed something that uh, you know we just haven't had enough time to see yet. Uh, got into the fifth in all three starts. Again, very good to see. Don't love the spot here. Dodgers are very, very dangerous. Um, he's only 6,600. I get a middling projection on him. Probably not somebody I'm going to roll out there. I'll probably roll some of these Dodgers bats against him. I love that lefty power. If Jock Peterson's leading off, we get a great home run mark on him. Everybody knows Cody Bellinger is going to be an MVP candidate for the next 15 years. Uh, we've got a Max Muncy hitting kind of in the middle of this lineup now. A lot of Ks for Max Muncy, but uh, can drive the ball and in an RBI spot. I like that as a part of a stack if you're building. Um, so definitely a ton of quality and uh, certainly don't leave out righties like Justin Turner. 
obviously Mookie bets you want to build into your stacks. So I'm going to keep an eye on what the popularity ratings on the Dodgers look like, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be rolling a fair amount of Dodgers out there. Uh, Dustin May, I think, is an excellent young pitcher. Uh, we've seen him uh, get a little bit of length. He was six innings last time out, struck out eight hitters. I sent you that uh, link to the tweet with the video of that just absolutely sick two-seamer uh, two in some things, uh, sinker in others, depending on what you're calling it, but uh, just outrageous and just poking around in, uh, in, in uh, baseball savant before we got on. Uh, his tops in the league right now with a 97.8 mile an hour average velo on that two-seamer sinker. Uh, which is 1.5 miles per hour faster than any other starter. Most of the other guys on that list are relievers. Uh, that's with guys who have thrown 50 more of them so far this year. And he's also uh, every average uh, exit velocity on his cutter is only 77 miles an hour this year. So he's got a plus cutter, plus plus two seamer. He's also got a plus curve that he hasn't broken out too much this year. This kid's an ace in the making. Uh, love the kid. A lot of that information, by the way, was from an excellent article you guys can check out over on Fangraphs. If you just Google them, uh, you'll find it. Those guys are killer. Give them money. Uh, we love them. We need them. Um, little plug. Uh, so May is a great spot. Uh, 7,500 on FanDuel. Get a good projection for him here. Don't love attacking this Padres lineup all the time, but there's enough strikeouts in here that I think we can get away with it. And uh, the Pods are the team that he struck out eight against the last time out. It was Manny Machado that he threw that sick pitch we're talking about, too. So I like him here. That, that pitch was just filthy. I mean, filthy, yeah. nasty, whatever term you want to go with. That was just an insane uh, pitch. And uh, But, yeah, if you have not seen that, you got to check that out. Of course, uh, we here at Osmo are excited to bring you our inaugural season-long fantasy football and best ball draft kit using the same tools that have helped Alex Osmo Baker, the number one daily fantasy sports player, we have compiled a package that will revolutionize the way you prepare for fantasy football drafts. For only $29.95, our draft kit includes everything you'll need to prep, including rankings, projections, sleeper tools, loads of content from our experts, and the draft wingman, which will update team projections in real time based on who you've already drafted. And as an added bonus, new members of the FFPC, your home your home for pay-for-play season-long football leagues and contests. Get a $35 credit when they sign up for an Osmo draft kit, which basically makes it free. Don't miss this one. Dominate your fantasy and best ball leagues today. Uh, you know, Terry, obviously you've got uh, all every day you got articles up at Osmo.com. What can everybody uh, be looking forward to on Monday? Yeah, so a little bit from now, I'll probably grab some dinner first, and then we'll get into the quick hits, and we'll write up a couple of the picks from this slate. We'll get the home run picks done uh, overnight tonight, so you guys can take a look for that. Whether you read it overnight or in the morning, that'll be there for you. And then uh, tomorrow during the day, I've got the stack slants coming. Uh, and then uh, over the next couple of days, I'll be on the early bird day with Emac, I think. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to be bringing content to you guys 24-7. ton of tools out there, so... Yeah, get on that top stacks tool, top pitchers tool through the day tomorrow. Hit us up in Slack chat. I'm in there all the time uh, answering questions, shooting the breeze. So come say hi. Of course, if you're listening to the show on YouTube, be sure to give us a thumbs up. If you're listening on a, your favorite podcasting platform, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to Awesomeo MLB on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do listen to your podcast. I come up on Monday. On Awesome O, we have the NBA Strategy Show, the MLB Strategy Show, the NHL Strategy Show, NBA Live Before Lock, the PJ Strategy Show, and MLB Live Before Lock to help you get those lineups in. So that is going to wrap it up for the Early Bird Podcast for Monday Slate of Baseball Action.